For anyone who uh, wasn't around last week, we kicked off a new uh, series on these Sundays, uh, and it's a series called One Another. Um, And it's a series all about the ways that we can treat one another. In the New Testament, there are all kinds of uh, instructions and commands and ideas about the ways that we can treat one another, the ways that we can behave towards one another. Last week, we were thinking about what it means to love one another as the root of the ways that we treat each other within church, within our families, within our lives, within our everything. And today we come to the second of those. Um, and the second of those is, uh, is to honor one another, to honor one another. We use that phrase, uh, honor. We use that word, honor. Aha, fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, we're honoring one another today, and we're, we're thinking about that. And we use that word, honor, in a number of different ways in our life. We, we talk about uh, honoring our word, or honoring an agreement, or honoring a promise that we've made. Which means, rather than using our words lightly and saying something and then doing something else, we're saying, no, my words and my commitment and my contract has worth. It has value. I'm going to honor it. It may be that since I made that promise, made that commitment, um, things have changed and actually it would be awkward for me. It would be far easier for me just to change my mind and do something else. But no, I'm going to honor it. I'm going to value that. I'm going to choose to make that important. We talk about being a person of honor. We talk about honoring people, honoring certain days, honoring someone's memory, which means to treat those things with regard, to treat them highly, to give them respect and worth and value, and to treat them well. When we come to this idea of honoring one another, it means to treat one another well. It means to treat each other as people of value instead of something that can be disregarded, that can be put down, that can be dishonored. And the New Testament calls us, each of us, to honor one another. Where? Well, in uh, the letter to the Romans, Paul, one of the early church readers, uh, the early church leaders, he wrote to his readers this. He wrote, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. He doesn't just say, be honorable. He says, no, honor one another above yourselves. In other words, treat others as if they were of higher value than you. Your life shouldn't be about trying to claim the number one spot and everyone else can get in place behind you. No, you are to honor others above yourself. Let me read those words in in the context of of the few words that we find around them in Romans chapter 12. Paul says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And then these words, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. You've even got to honor those who are out to get you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Honor people no matter what situation they're in. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Honoring people, no matter who they are, no matter what's going on in their life, no matter what's going on in your life. There's another translation of this verse that I think is very good. It's it's both an accurate translation, but it's also something that really kind of provokes and makes you think. And it says this, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. 
Put your hand up if you would consider yourself a competitive person. My hand's going straight up. I am definitely uh, a competitive person. My mother and father-in-law are here. We play games at Christmas. They know that I am a competitive person. I like to win. I do not like to lose. Thank you for nodding and shaking. Yes. I am, I am by nature quite competitive. I want to win. I want to be better at things. But, you know, the, the person that I am best at competing against is me, is myself. I took a running earlier this year. I started to run, and I'm on Strava, which means I can see uh, how other people are doing at running and cycling and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the people, in fact, most of the people that I follow on Strava run further and faster than I do. And I could look at that and go, well, I'm clearly not winning. I'm clearly losing, so maybe I should try and do something else. Or maybe I should try and take them down a peg or two so I can beat them. But actually, no, what, what motivates me? is to beat my own personal bests, is to, to get better, to get my time down here, to get faster there, to be able to go further or run longer. When we read this phrase, outdo one another in love, it could lead to a very unhealthy, competitive spirit between brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not what Paul is aiming for. But he is saying, how can you grow? How can you outdo others, outdo yourself? How can you set yourself a new honor personal best? Maybe last year, when it came around to Christmas, you thanked those who worked for you verbally. You said, guys, thank you for, for working so hard this year. Maybe this year you can outdo yourself by writing a personal message to each member of your team and calling out exactly what it is in them. You're honoring them and you're out honoring what you've been able to do before. How is it that you can show someone they have value, that you can honor them? How is it that we can almost uh, grow that kind of competing to honor in our own lives? I wonder if there's a particular person who you find it easy to dishonor and hard to honor. I think there's two kinds of people that that might be. One is people who we just struggle to get on with, really hard to honor someone who we kind of just don't like. But I think the other group of people who perhaps we can be the worst at honoring are those that are closest to us and we take for granted. Those who we know so well and we end up just treating them as though they don't mean anything. And we forget to honor them on a daily basis. We forget to honor them all the time and to say, you are of value to me and to show them that with our actions as well. So as we think about how it is that we can out-honor ourselves, how it is that we can outdo one another in showing honor, what I want to look at briefly is a little story, a little parable that Jesus told. Jesus was at a, at a party uh, and there were, there were a lot of people there. And there were some very important and impressive people there. And they all wanted to have the best seat. They all wanted to be seen as closest to the person whose party it was. They wanted to have the places of honor. And when Jesus saw that, this is what we read. We read, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he'll say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. And the moral of the story Jesus said, is for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, as we look at this, I want to think about what it means to live within a culture of honor. 
And I think there's a wrong way to understand the words that I just read. I want to think about one wrong way and two good ways to understand those words, one of which is deep and one of which is less deep but really important. The wrong way to read those words. Jesus is not giving people top tips in how to manipulate a social gathering so that they end up at the top. You could read it and go, well, oh, okay, so I'm meant to take the lowest position. Okay, so, so if I take the lowest position, then I get invited to the top, and bingo, I got what I always wanted, which is now I'm at the top. That's not what Jesus was about. That's not what he was saying. You could read it that way, you'd be reading it wrong. What he's saying is about a culture. We see it in that, in that sort of summary that he gives. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. To live within a culture of honor means not to strive for the top spot, not to try and be the most important person in the room, not always to try and get the last word, not always to be the one who everyone's looking at or everyone knows or everyone notices, but to give away that to others, to divert attention to others, to allow others to have a place that, yes, in your heart of hearts you might like, but actually you're going you're gonna to willingly champion them in having that instead. I said there's a, a deeper way to look at this. Because the truth is that the banquet that Jesus invites us to, the feast that he invites us to, is one that it's not a case of, well, who deserves to be in the top spot and then who deserves to be in the bottom spot. The truth is that the feast that Jesus invites us to, the feast of heaven, the feast of a relationship with him, the feast of closeness, the feast of being in God's family, that party, that banquet, is one that none of us deserve to even be at. As we read the Bible, as we understand what the kingdom of God is like, we know that it is a place that none of us deserve. We've not earned our way in. We've not paid our dues. We haven't got the right to have a certain spot within the kingdom of God. It is all given freely. And if we know that, if we let that to seep into our hearts, if we allow ourselves to realize, I don't deserve to be in God's family, but if he willingly lets me in, then I will happily take the lowest place. Because the lowest place in the best family is better than the best place in any other family. The lowest place in God's party is better than the best seat at the finest banquet in any other party. And that's what Jesus invites us into. So we willingly allow others before ourselves. Not so that we hope we might get noticed for being really humble and moved up a few slots. But because we are willing to take our place, the place that God gives us. And then... We get to celebrate with people. When, when God raises someone up, when God highlights someone, when God draws attention to someone, instead of being bitter and sad because they're getting attention and I'm not, I can celebrate. I can be glad for them. And the other thing that this makes sure is that Jesus is always at the top spot. Because if we're always rankling for who's going to be number two, I know God's going to be number one, but I want to be number two and you shouldn't be. There might come a point when actually number two doesn't feel good enough to me anymore. I don't want to be number two slot. Maybe actually, maybe this should become about me after all. Maybe I should be the one who's in charge here. And suddenly God himself is being dethroned. But if we learn the culture of honoring one another, of putting others first, if we live within this culture that Jesus is describing, if we are willing to be humble, then God can lift us up. Then he can give us that which we didn't earn, we didn't deserve because God honors you by inviting you. God chose to give you something that was his. Jesus chose to give you something that was his. He chose to give you his holiness and his life and his goodness. It's not something you deserved. It's not something I deserved. But God chose to honor us with that. 
And in return, we honor others. So within this culture of honor, how can you honor someone today? I believe, by the way, we've already seen a beautiful example of that today. The, 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 the video earlier on, the video testimony. I didn't ask the people who were being interviewed to thank the other people who'd been involved in their life. But they called them out by name. They called them out and said, this person who first introduced me to Jesus 10 years ago, and this person who's been journeying with us since, thank you. I'm going to tell you their name. I'm going to tell you what they did in my life. I'm going to honor them. Today could have been all about the people in the pool. Today could have been all about the people being baptized, making it all about them. But no, you didn't. Instead, you said there are other people, and I want to honor them. Honoring someone can be as simple as noticing them instead of walking by. Honoring someone can be choosing to listen to someone's opinion and try to understand it, even if it feels so wrong, even if it feels so different from what you're currently thinking, to take the time to listen. Honoring someone can be as simple as choosing to give up plaudits and praise and attention that you might be getting and instead divert it to other people. Well done on that project. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I did a really good job, didn't I? Transforms into, thank you for the work you did in that project. Oh, let me tell you, it was a real team effort. Can I, actually, this person did so much. Can, can, can you thank them as well? That's what a culture of honor looks like. It's what the kingdom of God looks like. Something where instead of constantly trying to strive to be number one, we're willing to give up our place for someone else. Willing to budge out of the way so that someone else can have the limelight. That's the kind of culture that God creates in his community. So, the question, who will you honor? How will you honor? If we are called to be honorers of other people, to honor one another, to outdo one another in honor, how will that be more and more part of our community, part of your life? I want to pray and give you a moment just to pause. And it may be that God really highlights a specific person or a specific situation. Maybe highlight something where you go, mm, actually, I was dishonoring to that person in that way. I need to change that. I'm just going to give a moment for God to speak to each of us. And then I'll pray. Jesus, I thank you that you gave up your place in heaven, your throne in heaven, because you noticed us. That you were willing to give up your place that others might be welcomed in. You were willing to give up your own life that others might be welcomed in. Thank you that you showed honor to this world you made to us, the people that you made. And Lord, would you help us to take that same heart and by your spirit to be people of honor, who honor one another, who, who look for opportunities, who are constantly looking around every corner, looking at every person and saying, how can I honor this person? How can I bless this person? How can I show honor and value and worth to this person instead of passing them by? Lord, would you build more and more and more a culture of honor, where we disagree, would you help us disagree well in a way that shows honor and worth and value? Would you help us to humanize instead of dehumanize? Would you help us to celebrate instead of pull down? Would you help us to give ourselves up for others?
instead of always demanding that they give themselves up for us. Lord, would you build more and more a culture of honor? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.